CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to CLNSmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Well, well, well. Hello, Boston sports fans. Here we are yet again. I'm your host, Joe Show. You are listening to the CLNS Media Celtics Post Game Live podcast slash broadcast. I will be joined shortly by one of the best hosts on this station, Joel Pavone, to talk to you about this game that we watched here on Thursday, January 16th, 2020. Coming to us live from the Fizzer Forum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the Milwaukee Bucks at 36 and 6 coming in defeat your Boston Celtics, who were 27 and 12 coming in on the back half of a back to back. With your final score 128 123, the Bucks were able to stave off a last ditch push, I guess. You could say by the Celtics to try to narrow the gap, but your Celtics just didn't have it tonight, folks. I mean, let's not mince words at the end of the day. um, It just wasn't, wasn't going to be, you can't spot a team 18 points going into a half and expect to win. It's just not feasible. And then on top of that, mix in one of the NBA's elite teams, the number one seed in the East as your opponent. And it's almost an insurmountable effort. Now, were there runs? Yeah. The lead was as high as 27 and as low as four here down the stretch. But at the end of the day, it it just wasn't the Celtics night. So keeping that in mind, um, I will be, again, joined by Joel Pavone. We'll be talking about this game. We'll be looking ahead. There are 14 games left between now and the ASG. And we're going to have to see what we get. But we'll be breaking down each individual player, uh, their performance tonight, whether it be a starter, a bench player, or a Bucks player. We'll be talking about it all, as well as keeping an eye towards the upcoming schedule for the Boston Celtics. Um, I'm always curious to hear what my co-hosts have to think after watching a game like this. I know Joel and I were texting a little bit during the game. Joel, is that you joining me on the line right now? All right, so he's not quite on just yet, but I'm sure he will be in very short order. And as soon as I get him up here and live, we will – talk about this and break it down uh one way or another we're going to get to the bottom of tonight's game i mean i got my own my own take on it um you know if i want to go with the excuse laden breakdown i could say well you had no jalen brown well you had no contributions basically from jason tatum or gordon hayward tonight gordon hayward an abysmal night on the court um you were on the back half of a back-to-back home and away. You're playing a number one seed in the East. I mean, you know, we can drag out all of the excuses we want, but at the end of the day, folks, it was just an ugly game. You can't start a a game off or let alone you can't start um, any game, regardless of your opponent, 
on a, you know, give, getting outscored by 16 in the first quarter. I mean, it's just, that's not going to work. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think. At the end of the day, you spot any team in the NBA with a winning record, with a decent pedigree, and arguably with the league MVP on their starting five, you spot them 18 going into the half. I don't care who you are. You're not going to climb out of that. Um, it was it was hard to watch, but one of the things that I found hardest to watch tonight was one of 10 shooting from the field from Gordon Hayward in 32 minutes. Um, he jacked up nine threes. He only drained one. Um, yeah, didn't even really make up for it that much on his um, on his defensive rebounds or assists. I mean, you blindly you can basically look at a stat line anytime you want and see a solid six assists, five six assists from Gordon Hayward. Not tonight. Wasn't an opportunity. He did have three fouls. Oddly, you ready for this? This is where I, where I struggle sometimes to wrap my brain around plus minus. So tonight, 32 minutes, seven total points, one for 10 from the field, one from nine from behind the arc, four for four from the line, Yahoo, with five rebounds, two assists, a turnover, and yet he's a plus four. I don't, I don't get that. Um, again, you were without Jalen Brown tonight. That's a big deal. Um, I think if you were ever curious as to what impact Jalen Brown could have on this team, all you have to do is look around and see exactly how the team responded in his absence tonight. Perfect opportunity for Hayward to step up. Perfect opportunity for Tatum to step up. You know, if you want to argue that, that Brown takes uh, too much of the offense away from those other two players, then no better time than tonight to step up and, and, and lay claim Tatum ended up with 17, but you know, let's be honest folks with the exception of the last six minutes of this game, he was rolling around 10, 12 points. Most of the night, Um, I thought Kemba had himself, you know, a great game offensively in a losing effort, but it was what it was. And I thought smart stepped up, dropped 24. Uh, I think I'm being joined right now by Joel Pavon. Joel, is that you on the line? My brother? No, it's me. (laughs) <laughs> oh snap in the uh, in the absence of one Joel Pavone currently I have one of the OGs of CLNS Media Celtics post game live on the air with me frequent co-host and host on these airways and good friend of mine Nick Sacento what's up Nick what's up Joe so uh, yeah, not too not, much not too happy with tonight's performance I mean a little bit too late to make that uh that late game run. I know they did it in the first game this uh, this season against the Bucks. That was at home, but I mean, you, you can't you can't do that. You know what I mean? You have you have to put that intensity on a lot earlier than this team did. And the one thing that stuck out to me is something that you know we've been talking about on this show. Uh, at least I've been talking about on this show, and I know that when you know I'm on, we generally have that discussion. Is that this team, and I know they've been on a pretty garbage streak you know of late since the new year pretty much they haven't done very much since the new year but this whole season it's just been a struggle for them to get any quality wins on the road and I mean even in this uh this what is it I guess um winning or losing five of their last seven games 
uh, with the win against the lowly Pelicans and the lowly Bulls in between, you know, losses to the the Pistons and now Milwaukee, and then you know, bookended, uh, you know, the beginning of that, you know, this this poor run by a loss at Philadelphia. This team has one quality win on the road, and I believe that was the uh, the Christmas Day win against the Toronto Raptors, and I don't think uh, Siakam played in that game. And the other no, quality that was win, a different, uh, that was a different decade in itself. It was a different, was a different decade, year. a different year, a different you know, a different team. It seems like because this team has not played the same since the since the uh, the new year. And then before that was a win at Dallas on the 18th of December, where uh, uh, Luka Doncic, I mean, is I mean, he's the future of the NBA or one of the future yeah. you know superstars at his NBA. Without Luka Doncic, and I know that that Dallas team you know had beat uh, quite a few teams without Luka Doncic. They are a, a solid team, you know. With or without Doncic, and just with Doncic obviously makes it that much better. But when your two best wins on the road are uh, against a Siakam-less uh, Toronto and a Doncic-less, you know, Dallas, you know, it's this team has to do better. This team has to do better on the road. Okay, it's not going to play only home games. And while I believe, you know, regardless of this, you know, this. Uh, brief, you know, uh, period of, you know, this down period that for some reason they just haven't got it together. I know that they're doing load management. Tatum, you know, didn't play last night and now Jalen Brown didn't play tonight. I I think you honestly need to have Tatum in the game tonight. I think Brad Stevens needs to do better with his rotations. Brad Stevens, I'm not going to say that he's on the hot seat, but when you read uh, social media, and I know social media takes are some of the worst takes on the planet, especially from just you know <laughs> random fans who, uh, you know, want to want to stir stir shit up. Part of my language, but uh, a lot of fans are unhappy with Brad Stevens and his inability to you know to to get the most out of teams that are like supremely talented. This team has. It, 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 at one point in, in the season, you know, we were talking, and I know Joel is probably calling, and he calls it from an 857 number, so if you see it, you know, you can switch over to Joel. But, I mean, this team, at one point in this in this season, uh, several of us here on CLNS Media, several of the callers were talking about how this team was, you know, pretty pretty near to a complete team. We may have wanted to have, you know, a, 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 a you know, a, bigger name big or or a better star named, you know, uh, big man in the middle to kind of, you know, uh, be the guy that's going to stop Giannis or the guy that's going to stop, you know, Joel Embiid. But in reality, nobody stops them. And the team has been consistently throughout the season, top 10 in team, you know, total team rebounds, top 10 in total team blocks, and, you know, top three in, you know, team defense and many team defensive categories to where we said, they don't, at least I said, they don't need to make any moves or something. They don't need to, you know, break up this chemistry. But, I mean, if if anyone was making the argument, like you just opened the show and mentioned, you know, that, they, you know, Jalen Brown taking up too much of the offense, I don't think so. I don't see anything about Jalen Brown taking up too much of the offense. I see Jalen Brown making good passes when he needs to and then making scores when he, when, uh, or scoring when he needs to. What I see are problems with, you know, Jason Tatum frequently playing ISO ball and taking bad shots when his shot isn't falling. I see the same thing from Marcus Smart. I don't really see that from Kemba. I see a lot of Kemba deferring, and I think this game was a good game for him, 40 points for Kemba Walker to, you know, to to take over. But, I mean, 
Gordon Hayward did us no favors tonight. And Gordon Hayward, no. I don't think, has done us very many favors in, in recent games where he's had the opportunity to get more minutes. You know what I mean? I know he had a decent game, you know, uh, last night against the Pistons, but that was against the Pistons. You need more, you need consistency, and I think that's the biggest problem with this team right now is that there's just a lack of consistency almost all around. Gordon Hayward can go from having, what, a 25 or something, 24, 25-point game last night against the Pistons, which is the Pistons, in a losing effort, to then having seven points tonight. And Jason Tatum, I think, ended up having a reasonable game. I don't, I'm not looking at the box score. I know it was somewhere in the teens is scoring. But, I mean, you know, totally inconsistent throughout the entire season. At some point, these guys have to get back that chemistry they had early in the season and start playing like that team that can really, you know, contend. Because right now, this team does not look like the second or third or even a top four seed in the East. I think they'll get back on track, but... I mean, there's a lot of things going around, you know, a lot of a lot of blame to go around for their recent kind of skid, and I, I think you know very few players are players and you know coaches are safe on this team from criticism. I'm not one of those people that wants to see Brad Stevens out there. There are idiotic fans out there that do. I'm not one of those play, people that want to see you know some major huge trade. Although at this point, I don't think I would be sad if Gordon Hayward got traded. He has a player option next season. I would imagine he would opt in, but you never know what free agency is going to look like but you know I, I i you know a month or two ago would have said no way no how do you make a trade on this team but at this point especially given the contract situation you have a couple a few big contracts at the top you have a couple of you know middle contracts like marcus smart's contracts and a bunch of small contracts and it doesn't really equal out to you know a whole lot of maneuverability for them to you know move players that probably need to be moved but I wouldn't be sad with something like a Gordon Hayward trade for and a player that's going to make a more consistent impact. And that's no disrespect to Gordon Hayward, but this team needs something. And I don't know if Gordon Hayward is the guy that's going to give it to him. I, I find it hard to argue with you on that, Nick. I mean, I just the only thing I want to clarify is not necessarily my opinion that Brown's taking too many shots, but if you're another player on that floor sharing the shots with him, having him not available tonight, should have elevated your game, Gordon Hayward. Should have elevated your game, Jason Tatum. It didn't. And I was texting back and forth with Joel, who's now on the line now, um, earlier during the game, and I was saying, you know, what a missed opportunity for Hayward and what a missed opportunity for Tatum. Take a look at who stepped up in Brown's absence tonight and who didn't. I mean, you could make an argument that Kemba stepped up and Marcus Smart stepped up his game to try to make up for some of the points lost. But when you have Tatum dropping 17 and of which seven came in literally the last six minutes of the game and Hayward throwing up 10, I mean, throwing up seven going one for 10 from the field and one for nine from the three point line, not to mention with two minutes left in the game, passed up an open three to try to feed it in. You know, it's, you know, Joel touched on it and I'm going to cut to him in a second here. Is it confidence with him? Is it is he in his own head or is he just overrated and overpaid for what we what we're supposed to be getting? Like, are our expectations too high out of Gordon Hayward a year removed, year plus removed from the injury? Or is it just that this is the version of Gordon Hayward you're going to get night in and night out? Inconsistent, like you said, can drop 24 dimes on the lowly 12 win Pistons in a losing effort. Or is it, you know. Is it the inconsistency that we've seen throughout the season with his play? There are flashes of brilliance, and then there are flashes of hesitancy and gingerness on that foot, that leg, and just, you know, 
just being a ghost some nights. And one of the things that I, I touched on earlier was typically you can look at the box score after any game, win or loss for the Celtics, where Gordon Hayward's been in there for 20 plus minutes. And with his eyes closed, the dude picks up five, six assists almost every single night. Tonight, two, five rebounds. I just, it was so frustrating to watch the missed opportunity of stepping in. So speaking of not missing any more opportunities on the line, joining us from the eight five seven is the one and only Joel Pavon. What's up, Joel? How we doing fellas? How's it going? How are we, uh, it's good. How are we taking this, this second straight Celtics loss, uh, on back to back nights. Uh, even though it was, uh, I'll say a valiant effort in trying to come back and, and 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 possibly win this game, but I mean I think I I think I speak for most Celtics fans when I say that since the beginning of the calendar year, you know, 2020, January 1st, it hasn't been pretty basketball for what we've been watching, what we were used to seeing prior to the new year, and dare I say, is the schedule finally catching up to these guys? Because this is the month where they were, you know, playing. Uh, Every other game. day, basically. You know what I'm saying? And and little, little time off in between, little practice time. Guys are still recovering from injuries. Guys are getting injured. Uh, there's a little bumps and bruises right before the All-Star break. And technically, you know, you're kind of at the halfway point of the season. But you don't have that All-Star break until beginning of next month. Yeah, you got so 14 you games gotta, left on the schedule after tonight. Yeah, so you still got you still got to trek along here, and now you're falling. You know, you're not like free falling in the standings, but you know, essentially, if you wanted to close that gap at some point with with Milwaukee, you know, they're kind of heading the opposite direction now. And I spoke uh, last week, Joe, if you remember, after they lost to, uh, I called in when they lost to the Wizards, and uh, the general consensus was like, oh, it's no big deal, you know, it happens, you lose to the Wizards, and then I hosted. I co-hosted uh, when they lost to the Spurs, and I was like, you know, if you guys thought I was upset after the Wizards, and then after now, and then after the Spurs, and now you look at, you know, after losing to Detroit, you know, right, hitting Nick, Nick, Nick hit it on the head, you know, you lost to Detroit at home, you got, you got manhandled by Detroit. They shot sixty percent from the field, and you come out in a national televised game, and you just come out flat again, coming out trying to climb out of a, you know, a, a twenty point hole and you can't just keep you can't keep doing that because it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna catch up to you and Taylor Brown was out and Jason Tatum rested I suppose he's I'm I'm assuming he rested yesterday because he was going to be ready for this game and I, I didn't you know I didn't see much of Jason Tatum you know, everyone wants to all the Celtics all the Tatum fans want to say oh he's the next Paul Pierce he's Paul Pierce 2.0 I still don't see it and I get it oh he's only 21 he's only 21 so that we can't keep anointing him the next guy. He can't. We can't say he's that guy. Right now, well, I'm seeing. I'm seeing the problem with uh, with uh, maybe there's too much unselfishness. There's got to be one guy that's got to, or, or or the team anoints the guy on the team that when when we need buckets, he's going to be that guy. And I don't think the Celtics have done that because it, you know there's so much talk about. Oh, this team is so fun to watch because last year was such a pain in the ass in the locker room. Everyone was walking on eggshells. 
but this year everybody's so friendly, everybody's so happy, ha ha ha, everybody's laughing. We get that extra pass here and there. We don't care who who scores twenty points or who doesn't. But when it comes to crunch time against the big teams like the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks have only lost six games all season. And the Celtics were one of those losses early on in the season. So you're thinking, oh, yeah. maybe the Celtics can hang with the Bucks. But now, you know, in these last eight nine games, this is not the same team we saw before before the start of the new year. I don't know, guys. What do you what, what do you think? Because I'm now, I mean, I'm not panicking, but it's not it's not looking good. No, I'm not. I'm not panicking either, Joel. I, you know, you touched on a bunch of different things in there. The one thing I got to, I got to jump on with you is the Tatumites out there, whether they be on social or writing it, that Tatum is Pierce 2.0. There, there's a, a vast hole in Tatum's game that has nothing to do with what he does on the court. It's a mentality and approach to the game exactly. that Pierce had that I would argue you could look, go through this entire roster and possibly smart. And outside of that, I don't see anybody with that type of killer instinct that Pierce had. Smart just doesn't have the talent that, that Pierce did. doesn't even play the same position. But you know what I mean, that he had that killer I instinct mean, yeah. when he was. Yeah. And I don't see that with Tatum. And that's, you know, again, I'll be one of those apologists. He's 21 years old. Dude hasn't found his ceiling yet, but dude hasn't found consistent ball yet either. And that's, that's what holds back a team that's looking to grow. And to touch on one of Nick's points about Brad, my, my feeling on Stevens is I don't want him out of town. I want to see him succeed. And he's got the appropriate roster to succeed with. He's got the perfect blend of star talent, veteran presence, and young guys. Where I think, and I've I've been trumpeting this for over a year now, where I think Brad's game himself as a coach is lacking is his ability to appropriately manage the talent through player rotations on the court. I just, you know, I think he's too, he, he gets too stuck in this day in, day out, same, same, same. And, you know. His rotations that, suck. Let's just put yeah. it like that. They've sucked recently. His they, rotations they have sucked have. recently. And, and you know what? the bench isn't doing him any favors either, Nick, you know, a guy I've been high on since summer is Javante green. You know, he got 13 minutes tonight and he throws up two points, one for two from the field. Didn't try anything. He hasn't had consistent consistent minutes though. Like I like Javante green. Me and you have spoken a lot about Javante green. Yeah. And you know, you touched upon Brad Stevens just, just a moment ago. He, you know, he needs to start taking some of this responsibility here because Last year it was, oh, he had too much talent. He had too much talent. This year, too much talent, too much egos last year, right? So this year you got more humble guys. you still got a, a great amount of talent, maybe not as, not as much on paper when you saw in the beginning of the season compared to last year, but still a good squad that you could, you know, surprise a lot of heads, and they were doing that. But I feel like Brad still doesn't – he either doesn't trust his bench or he's still trying to figure it out. And here we are halfway through the season – he said yesterday that, like, you know, we're 41-whatever games in, and there's guys not, you know, putting in enough effort. So then that goes to you too, Brad. Brad, you need to start figuring this out. You need to start figuring out your lineup, figure out your rotation. I know guys have been in and out of the, out of the lineup, but you either put the trust in the guys or, or you know, and I don't want to go down this route, but maybe you might, you know, Danny Ainge might start to consider bringing in another, another veteran, you know, presence. I know, you know, buyout season is coming. 
Uh, obviously, there's a trade deadline, uh, but I don't think it's going to be like a you, – you, I don't think you need a major piece, but maybe you need another veteran presence in that locker room because, it's, because Brad is not, Brad is not uh, doing what he's supposed to be doing in terms of getting these guys to buy in. And hey, yo, yo, well, yo, well, I just, I just had something to add to that. Is it really that Brad doesn't trust his bench? Because I think with like, you know, five, six minutes left, the Celtics is trying to make a run, and then who does he put into the game? Shemi Ojale and Brad Wanamaker? <laughs> I mean, you're trying to come back from, you know, a big deficit, and he's going to these guys on, on the bench. I mean, I don't know who necessarily he was going to. Hayward had a bad night. I think Tatum overall, when you don't have Jalen Brown, you got to have Tatum have a good night. But I think when when Tatum has a not-so-good night, he reverts to that isolation game when the shot isn't falling. That hurts the Celtics. Yeah. I've seen too many times, you know, that ISO, you know, Jason Tatum and those extra passes don't, you know, they, they stop getting made. And concerning the bench, I mean, when you're putting those players from, you know, from deep in the bench, like you mentioned, Javante Green got 13 minutes. I mean, I I just think if you're you, load management or not load management, you know, a scheduled loss against the Pistons last night and, you know, so Jason Tatum doesn't play and then you, you, you rest Jalen Brown tonight. I just don't get that. I mean, unless Jalen Brown is genuinely injured, I think this is one of those games where you need to have, you know, your full, you know, team out there. And, you know, they, he, for some reason he's just making these decisions, Brad Stevens, because I don't think anything is wrong with Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown got a rest tonight. But, I mean, Jalen Brown to me is arguably the team's best player right now. I know Kemba Walker can light it up with the 40 that he did tonight. But, I mean, he, he I used some of his bench in, those, in crunch time, and they just, they're just it was just part of his bad rotations, just more bad no, rotations at the, at the wrong time. But that's just it, though. Like, if you're a guy like Javante Green, put yourself in Javante Green's shoes. You haven't played in three, four, five games. Like, okay, Javante, go out there now and, you know, bring us back out of this hole. And he doesn't do it. Oh, and then everyone's like, oh, why the hell did he put out Javante Green out there? And, 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 and you know what I'm saying? Like, you, like look at, I'm looking at it from that angle in terms of, like, like, if you're not incorporating these guys on a regular basis and you just go – and I feel like he's been doing that a lot this year when – it's like it's like desperation, like substitutions. Like, all right, I tried, you know, three or four different substitutions. I'm gonna go. Hey, you know, Taco, come in here and let's see what you can do. You know, that that those type of those type of uh, substitutions. I think that's what they and need. Like, more Taco, more Taco. Be happy. I like that. <laughs> but but you know, if you're gonna go to the bench and just throw your your face to the wind, you know what I'm saying? Taco exactly, Fall would be the guy to do it. Exactly. And then, the, and, then, and then had it worked out, for example, you know, with Jonathan Green tonight, he would have been a genius. Oh my God. Brad Stevens is a genius. He threw out Javante Green when no one expected him to throw out Javante Green, but it didn't work. And so then now you're looking at it like, oh, damn, why is he throwing out Javante Green out there? He hasn't played in three, four, five games. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm I'm looking at it at that from that perspective. So, and and if he's, you know, not confident in in and the and the, the 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 bench guys, then then you know start looking at that buyout market. Start looking. Start start playing and start scheming here before you know things get worse because. Right now you're only you know a game, a game or I think it's like half a game now, or or a game and a half behind the Heat. For, you know, you're in the third seed, and if you can, if things keep going, trending the way it looks like it's trending because of, you know these 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 losses to these below 500 teams, then you know then then you know, you're looking at the fourth fifth seed and 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 it's I don't know I don't think that's a characteristic of the team. I, I think they're I think they're they are who we saw at the beginning of the season rather than who we're seeing lately, if that makes sense. Yeah. And speaking of trending, guys, you guys know I love trending. Just before the game kicked off tonight, WEEI's Nick Fryer uh, posted 
that Jalen Brown was out, obviously, for the game. But he's going to undergo further testing tomorrow on the thumb that he sprained last night. Had it looked at before the game today, and then right before the game, Brad gave an interview and said that they was going to do a little bit extra um, evaluation of the sprained thumb. So there's a possibility you might be looking for no Jalen on Friday either. Uh, sorry, on Saturday. So that's that's something to keep in mind as well. You, I, hopefully it's not a prolonged thing, but it looks like it, it. You know whether tonight was supposed to be a scheduled night off or whether um, the thumb had something to do with him not being in the lineup tonight. Not a hundred percent sure, but let's just hope that that's a speedy non-factor moving forward. Um, ultimately, the the as we all know, a bench can make or break a coach. You know, if the bench, the bench isn't performing, it can really drag the stock down on a coach. It's just like if the starting five aren't performing, usually you can plug and play, pull one of the five out, throw a bench guy in there and not lose any steam. And I think, you know, to your point, Nick, by throwing out Wanamaker and Ojale at the end, he must've been looking at last year's scouting report on the bucks because semi was <laughs> overmatched. Um, I mean, he did get that one charge out of Giannis, but outside of that, Semi was overmatched tonight. It, it, you know, 19 minutes, six points, two for five from the field, two for four from behind the arc. Um, wasn't the spark you were hoping for. One of the things I noticed was Grant Williams didn't play much of a role in tonight's game. And of the bench players, he seems to be one that, that Brad doesn't hesitate to go to very often. But tonight he did. I wonder if that was matchup related. You two have any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think it was one of those things, like I was just mentioning, that uh, he tried, you know, different combinations during during like stretches of the game, and I, he has he has been trusting uh, Grant Williams. I feel like a lot, you know, leading up to this game, but mm. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't feel like the and at the beginning of his first set of minutes in, in this game that, you know, he, Grant was ready for this type of matchup. I don't know, because I know yeah. Grant didn't play, didn't play much against the Bucks the first time around. It's, it's no, all. I know. And one of the things that stood out to me in tonight's game was when you have a game where, you know, you're giving up 128 points, it seems like defense would be a huge factor and you get the offense off the defense. And it just seemed like no matter what lineup he had out there tonight, the Bucks had an answer for it. You know, they granted it's a home game for them. And again, it's the back half of a back to back for the Celtics, but nevertheless, I mean, man, can we talk about the lack of defense tonight? It was, it was horrific. It, it, it seemed like it, especially after that, before the late run here in the fourth, but at the start of the fourth tail end of the third, they, they were getting whatever shots they wanted. And when the Celtics were, coming down the court with the ball it's as if it, it was as if Milwaukee knew where the ball was going you know they 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 swarmed they DT'd on Tatum more often than not it was it just they played a even though they gave up 123 on their side I mean it wasn't a stellar defensive performance by the Bucks in any way shape or form but it just seemed like the Celtics didn't really didn't have a lot of good answers um seemed like every time they they dropped the double team down on Giannis in the paint he just found the open guy and the open guy drained it tonight. It, it was um, the, <laughs> the, the I, I, I'm going to butcher his name cause I always do, but it's Dante Desenzo. 
Oh, I didn't do that one too bad. Um, Di Vincenzo, come on, man, you 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 got you got to be do better than that. As someone who's half Italian, you got to do a little bit better. I know, with the, dude. Uh, with the you know, names. Di Vincenzo. You know what the funny thing is? Every you got to do I a little hand him. motion with it. You got to you got to pinch your fingers together and shake your hand. Di Vincenzo, Vaffanculo. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Every time I see him, all I think of is a really stretched out Delante West. I can't get it out of my head. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's it's a the good, ginger. It's the ginger aspect, yeah. It is. That's a good comparison. That's a very good comparison. I mean, no, you're you're, you're right, Joe. Like in the big, in the in the first quarter, they were shooting lights out from three, and it was and it was Andre Kumpo that was dishing out the passes. It wasn't like he right. was killing the subs in the first half as much. It was Brooke Lopez. It was uh, George Hill. It was um, what's his name? Uh, the uh, I'm, I'm Middleton. Blank now. It was um, say that again. Middleton. Middleton, yes, Middleton. It was uh, the the Delonte lookalike now that was, that I don't want to butcher his name. It was him as well. Even Chenzo. Even Corver, even Corver, which I forgot was on this team. There you and go. Then it was you know shooting up, you know throwing up his you know a few threes, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Kyle Corver is on this team. Completely forgot that he, that that he, he was he was still he was still playing. And after the combo, he he was just passing, passing, passing. I'm pretty sure he led the team in assists tonight. And and it's, and that's when the Bucks are most dangerous. Not when Andre Kumpo kills you, but when everyone else has it going, especially from the three-point line. And it's something, again, recently have been having trouble defending from the perimeter. And 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 the Bucks the Bucks proved that tonight. Yeah, you had a great. I mean, talk about your your leading scores for the Bucks from behind the arc. You had Divincenzo four for six. You had Brooke Lopez three for five. George Hill was three for three. Middleton was three for five. And even Kyle Korver dropped two for three. So, you know, you factor those guys in. Of of those five guys I mentioned, the lowest shooting percentage from behind the arc was 60%. Everybody was north of that. And that's, you know, that's a killer. You know you know what I mean? If you're not defending that in today's NBA, hang it up. 52% from the team. 52%. 51.6% the buck shot from three on the, on the, on the night. That's incredible so, for a team that- for a team shooting. And that was reminiscent mm. of, of, of what happened against Detroit, you know, last night. Same thing. They were just they just didn't miss. And that's the same thing, you know, similar here with the Bucks. But this, you know, we're talking about from the three point line, right? But still, still was Hasn't great, this right? been a recurring problem all like most of the season that the, the, the for some reason that there are teams that just happen to light it up like like on a you know, on on, on a random night and it's not becoming so random so uh, you know, the, uh, uh recently the teams are just having fantastic three point shooting nights. Uh, on the on the Boston Celtics and I, and it used to be and I've said multiple times on this show the reason the Celtics didn't need to you know make a move for a you know star big man that can you know clog the paint is because they have such elite perimeter defense you know to prevent the uh, the the drive that they don't need that but that elite perimeter defense isn't stopping the threes and you have a team that shoots nearly 52 percent you know as a team. From three, and this isn't the first time. Like I said, this is becoming kind of like you know a a, a, a recurring theme here with the Celtics. Is the teams just seem to have you know fantastic three point shooting nights or perimeter shooting nights on the Boston Celtics. They really have to figure out, and that's that's you know partly on Brad. That's partly on you know I don't know if it's because you know Kimball Walker is five foot eleven. He's just not tall enough to defend the perimeter. I don't believe that. I think there's just something going on here where they have to go back to the drawing board and they really need to figure out, you know, they 
they've they've got you know the they've got the defenders to do it. I mean, we have Marcus Smart. I mean, I, I, we we've been talking for this is now the fifth year we've been talking about what a great you know elite perimeter defender Marcus Smart is. You know, you have I mean, I think Kemba does you know what he can do on defense. I don't think he's as much of a black hole as the. Uh, the previous point guard, whatever his name was. And, you know, maybe they miss Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown is one of those, you know, guys that's on the perimeter that's maybe, you know, an elite defender. I don't know how I feel about Gordon Hayward as a a, a perimeter defender myself. No, he seems he's always a step or two late. He's always in the air flying across. No, he's not fast. He's not. He uses size in his, his in, in you know, and I know we're talking about defense, but on offense, it seems like his his only go-to move is to kind of back it up to about you know five feet behind the three-point line and then gain his head of steam off you know like a little hezzy dribble and then try to go straight to the basket and either pass it out. Do it. He's just too slow sometimes for today's NBA, where where players are you know doing these you know fast, twitchy you know quick things you know, on, on offense the, and, and are getting three steps, basically the pickup dribble and then two extra steps, the, you know, the half dribble and then two extra steps to get their step back or their side step for three. And Gordon Hayward just, I don't, I don't know if he makes up that ground. I mean, I hate to, you know, come down on Gordon Hayward, but I mean, it just right, really let's, seems let's, like with that inconsistency. Let's yeah. Let's talk let's about talk that. About Joel, give us your let's take. Let's talk, let's talk about Gordon Hayward for a second, because I feel like, you know, and the beginning of the season, he was on a roll. He was on a tear. He was as close to, to Utah, Gordon Hayward, as any as any moment he's, that we've seen since he's been in Boston. He comes back from a hand injury sooner than everyone expected, Christmas Day. And then from that, from that point forward, I, I feel like, personally, in my, in my opinion, that he's only had maybe a two, three, maybe a handful of games that we've seen – that the close that that Gordon Hayward that we saw similar, not the same, but similar to prior to the hand injury, and ironically enough, you know, you guys are uh, Joe and, and and Nick, you touched upon saying that Gordon, you feel like he's been a step or two slow, and and it wasn't, and and, and we're also during that time that he was out with the hand injury, you also were finding out about reports that he was uh his his ankle, the one that the one that um. He suffered the injury on has nerve been, damage in the foot. Exactly, nerve damage in the foot. He always has to ice it after every single game or practice. And now you're like, wait a second. So, you know, he's coming back from a broken hand. He's still coming back technically from his from his foot injury. So it's like, you know, is he ever going to be the same now? Like going forward. No, I and don't then, think and so. Then you, and then you also brought up the fact that you you know maybe he should he should be traded. So. If we're if we're seeing these things, what what are other teams seeing? Right? What 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 other team will want to trade for someone that's making thirty two million dollars going to be making thirty four million dollars next year? So it's not it's easy to say trade someone, but it's like realistically, like who's going to want to trade for him? A team that wants cap space for the free agency because that's what you'd get. You get potentially, you know, either you know a one year rental from Gordon Hayward or you know basically the rest of the. I don't know when does this contract expire after this year. This is his fourth year with the Celtics, isn't it? Because after after the, his fourth season, he has, I believe, a team option. So if there's a team that wants to clear space because they're looking at some other big free agent, I don't know who else is out there. They're looking okay, to retool. Right. Maybe they want to get a draft pick out of the Celtics. So you package, you know, a couple of things and you get some a. Play 
player that doesn't want to be with the team that they're on. You know, like I mean, at this point, is a is a is a Hayward for Drummond, you know, trade really that bad? I mean, I don't I don't yeah. like it personally, but I don't, I don't dislike like, I don't like it either. either. But, but then two things, two things with that, with what you're just what you're saying, you're people. Another team would assume that he's going to leave after the season. But what if he says, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know take my player option next season." So you're stuck with right. you're stuck with a uh, for you're stuck with for another season at thirty four million dollars. So you trade for Drummond. Drummond Drummond can opt out, or I think he's his last season. He's 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 a free agent. Danny Ainge already said numerous times this season and pretty recently he's not trading for a rental. He's not going to do that. That's not what Danny Ainge does. So, so guys, I mean, we can we can take that statement from Ainge right there, and you can take it two different ways. I'm not trading for a rental either conveys I have faith in the current roster or I'm not trading for a rental indicates he knows he's not one player away from this being an NBA championship level team. So if you take Gordon Hayward, you got the hand injury. They're basically six and seven since he's been back. Take the hand injury in account, take the nerve damage and icing the ankle and then ask yourself, a solid basketball question. If you have a player who's not right in the, in the off shooting hand and not right in the recently injured ankle that kept him out for an entire NBA season, why are you rolling him out for, I don't know, tonight, 32 minutes, most nights, 32 to 35 minutes. Why are you rolling him out so often unless you're showcasing? Because if he's, if he's really that banged up, I'd argue that a 60% or a 70% step slow Hayward is not my best option when I look through the rest of this. Yeah. When I look at the rest of this roster, I have other options that would offer me a better opportunity to win if he's that banged up or are you showcasing him? And I guess that that's really the question at hand. I mean, if I'm a basketball player, I'm putting the best players on the court at every moment because the win is what matters the win and yes i understand preservation you preserve when you're time preserve preservation when you're playing like detroit you don't time preserve when you're playing the bucks when you're shooting for that top spot so you know why is he playing if he's banged up yeah i mean that's a good that's a great question i mean the last time uh jalen brown was out gordon hayward had it a brilliant game. This was uh, this was New Year's Eve. Like yeah. those those type of great Gordon Hayward games, those those stand out to me. And then and then and then last night, take it for whatever it's worth. Yeah, you lost. You know, you got you got beat pretty bad in terms of uh, you know the team that you were playing against. But Tatum was out. Gordon Hayward led the team in scoring. So like I said, you take it for whatever it's worth. Yeah. But see, I know, almost ride it like the hot hand, like he's a swing spot. Yeah, I mean, last season again. Last season, what was the what was the big what was the big knock? Too many egos, too many, too many. Uh, I always heard this: too many chefs in the kitchen. It was kitchen, also forcing many, Gordon many... in on the starting five from the start of the season when he had no business. Yeah, being but there. it was, but there was too many mouths to feed. So you got, you know, for for the most part, you got rid of the egos and the and the big mouths. So so now so now what's the excuse? Now what's the excuse? When the Celtics when the Celtics started off the season, they were potentially had four guys averaging twenty or near twenty points. And 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 now you have an inconsistent Jason Tatum, an inconsistent Gordon Hayward, and, and an injured Jalen Brown, and, and an injured Jalen Brown. <laughs> so 
So well, you so know what, Yoel? I, I think getting rid of you know what I mean the the, the egos, getting rid of the attitudes was something that needed to happen. But at no, the no, same I'm time, not, when you yeah. when you look when you look at this team, I, I, and I think you started the show. At least I don't remember if it was you or uh, you or Joe, but uh, started this uh, this show uh, talking about you know who's going to be the guy. I think tonight Kimball Walker did you know a fantastic. I mean he gave you 40 points. You can't ask for more from Kimball Walker. I think he's had a couple of 40 point games uh, for the Celtics this season. I think Kimball Walker needs to be that guy. More often, I think that you know he—he's the you know I, I know he's one of the guys scoring 20 points a game for the Celtics. You know he's doing his thing. I think his his stats have improved marginally, but you're basically getting the Kemba that you got uh, from from uh, from the Hornets, minus maybe a little bit of scoring. But maybe that you know if Jalen Brown is out, and I think Jalen Brown can be that guy because I think Jalen Brown is the one. I mean, and maybe you guys would disagree, but I think Jalen Brown is the player that's improved the most dramatically from last season to this season. And I, oh, I yeah, like yeah. I said. I, 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 I would argue that Jalen Brown is, you know, given, you know, all things, including two-way player defense, all that other stuff, I think Jalen Brown is, you know, arguably the best player on the Celtics roster, or about to be if you give him another season. By next season, Jalen Brown will be the, the you know, the, the guy that does. But I think in the meantime, you know, you got rid of all the attitudes and all the egos, but I think you need at least one guy, not a guy that's going to have a – quote unquote I hate using this term but quote unquote toxic ego but somebody that's going to you know have that mentality I'm the man right now I'm going to do this maybe you know Scary Terry wasn't the guy to do that I know that the other point guard really wasn't you know we, I like to refer to the, the the previous couple of years as the Scary Terry your man's Terry. nameless Nick you know yeah, the rules. It remains nameless. <laughs> I like to refer to the previous uh, uh, four seasons, the the the, the post IT. I guess the, pre- the the previous two seasons, the post IT, but you know pre Kemba as the Terry Rozier era in Boston Celtics point guard, <laughs> <laughs> the point guard history. But maybe you, I mean, maybe Terry wasn't the guy, and Terry wasn't the guy. I, I would I would never take back the Kemba for Terry, you know, swap or whatever the hell it was that eventually you know uh, Danny Ainge pulled off to you know get uh, Kemba in Boston and. and Sent, sent Terry down to Charlotte, but maybe you know, I, I never looked at Terry as being. I know he did some things that probably were ill-advised. I know he did a lot of things that Celtics fans didn't like. And if you if you mention the name Scary Terry, you're going to get probably a 60-40. I can't tell you whether it's more love or more you know hate, but you're going to get you know pretty you know he's a, he's a pretty you know divisive you know. When you mention his name among Celtics fans, at least on social media, you get a you get a pretty even split or close to even split between you know love or hate. Either he he was always a Celtic and the scary Terry you know phenomenon that occurred for that one you know what I'm saying for those couple of weeks in the playoffs was you know going to live on in Celtic lore forever. I'll certainly never remember it. I sure as hell have a scary Terry T-shirt that <laughs> I don't know if I can wear again, but I still have it. But you needed you know somebody like that. And you know, I know, I know, Terry got paid. There was no way to keep him, and you know, still get Kemper and still get whatever. But you know, I think there were things that happened in this off season that, had they gone a little bit different, the Boston Celtics could have acquired the players that they acquired and still probably been able to retain you know, some of the players they lost, like at least maybe an Aaron Baines or something. I can't believe they couldn't squeeze out an extra, you know, couple of million or a few million to keep a guy like Aaron Baines on this team. I think Aaron Baines was fantastic last season. But, you know, uh, you, you have to have somebody that's like that. And I, I, I thought it would be Marcus Smart. And maybe, you know, and, and Marcus had a, had a great game tonight. I have no complaints about Marcus Smart's game tonight. What did he, what did he put up, like 20 points, 24 points, something 24. like that? 
Yeah. 24 points, and he shot, what, 5 for 10 from 3? I mean, that's good Marcus. I like Marcus like that. That's the Marcus. That I, and then he had some, you know, really solid plays on defense at the end of the game. He had that uh, that stuff slash steal from uh, Giannis and stuff. But who is that guy that's going to, you know, stop being unselfish and stop being, you know, the, the you know anti-egotistical? And, not, and who's going to be the guy that says, you know what, F this, I'm the man on this court, and I'm going to do it. Well, I think I think Kemba, right. I think Kemba had a good game tonight. But you need somebody that, you know, when it comes into question, there's a guy that they go to instead of, well, we're just going to ride the hot hand because it doesn't happen. And I think, <laughs> I think Jason, Jason Tatum is the guy that tries to do it. But when he goes ISO, mm. the game goes south for the Boston Celtics. Well, I mean, yeah, no, Nick, I, you know, we've job. all talked it's about a, this and you can take your victory lap now, Nick. You, you, we know you were one of the first people on the Jalen Brown bandwagon. Um, you called it right. Dude is ultra talented. Joel and I have I talked take about it. I only victory laps when we win, man. I only take victory I, well, laps when we win. My, my favorite win, players can do as well every, as they want, but if we don't win, I don't take victory laps. I want dude, you're to winning win. every time he steps on the court. Um, and Joel and I talked about this. <laughs> you could have an intelligent argument about who has a higher ceiling between Tatum and Brown. And and you could take either side and you could have a valid argument and try to defend your point. That being said, I don't think that there's a true argument to be had in regards to who is approaching or who's ascending quicker. And right now, Jalen Brown has Jaylen. ascended to wherever his heights are going to be faster than, than Jason Tatum's game has progressed. And so to your point, you need that guy. Well, that's the further maturation of Jalen Brown. He can be that guy. He can be your your give me the goddamn ball guy. I don't think it's in Tatum. I think he's too smooth, too silky, too just so he's literally genetically talented that he doesn't have. That's not his game to be the spiritual motivator on the court, get everybody rallied together, yeah. do, holding them accountable. I do think that that's in the maturation of Jalen Brown's game for sure. Joe, Joe, you can't, you can't be the man if your beard don't connect. I know he's trying with the long <laughs> beard and he's, and he's coming it forward, but you can't be the man if your beard don't connect. No, I'm just kidding. I like Jason I'm not going to diss Jason Tatum's facial hair. No, that's the least of his worries. I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah. we, talk, we, we talk about, you know, consistency. And at least the first two seasons of his of his career, yeah, he was averaging 13, 14 points his rookie season, but he was averaging about 46, 48% from the field. Uh, last year, yeah, he only, you know, averaged two more points than the previous year, but he was scoring, you know, he was shooting 48, 49% from the field. This year, yeah, he's up to 20 points a game, but it's taking him 17 shots to get there most nights, and he doesn't get to the free throw line. So, yep. I mean, you so you tell me, like, is he is he the guy? Is he supposed to be that guy? Yeah, he's had a couple of thirty point games. He had a forty point game. Great, that's great. I love that shit to see in the in the, in the box scores. But when I look at you know his field goal percentage, barely at forty one percent from the three point line, barely at thirty five thirty six percent. Like those weren't he had better numbers his rookie his rookie in his sophomore year shooting wise, while Jalen takes three less shots and is you know fifty percent from the field. Forty percent from three point line. So, so you Can tell I get me an amen? You tell me who should who should be at the All Star game if you have to choose between one of those two. If you had to choose between one of those two, who's on? Who should Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. I'm not, and I'm not knocking Tatum, but if 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 Brad Stevens or whoever whoever runs the plays 
is like, you know, Jason, you're going to be that guy, and he's not that guy half the night, so then maybe you got to pick somebody else, bro. Like, you got to, you know, put on your big boy pants and figure it out, Brad. You, this is your eighth year in, in the league. Like, you got to, you, you have, if, if, if people keep anointing him one of the best coaches in the league, the, the guy that's going to be, you know, pop successor or whatever, whatever the case may be when it term, when it terms of, like, best coaches in the league. So then figure he's got to figure it out as well. He, he he should, you know, his name needs to be brought up more, I think, in terms of getting getting things done with, with, with the roster that he has. This is a talented roster. Like, it's top-heavy, but, hey, like, better better this than, than what you had last season when it came to, you know, zero chemistry on the court and, 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 and finger-pointing and, 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 you know, all types of drama. Like, you, you eliminated that, so now – Take the next step. Like you got the you got the keys, bro. Like don't 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 mess it up. Maybe you take some of that top and you put it on the bench. Like maybe maybe it's time for Gordon Hayward to go back to the bench and you know be that guy that's gonna score you know fifteen to twenty off the bench for you you know on on a more consistent basis instead of putting it because basketball is a matchup game and tonight clearly wasn't a favorable matchup to Gordon Hayward. Maybe it had something to do with you know his his uh, his litany of you know nagging injuries or you know of of lingering injuries or whatever it is. But you know I, and and that's not a disrespect to Gordon Hayward, but I think that. There's too many people whenever it's mentioned, well, Gordon Hayward is making this much money and Gordon Hayward is Brad's boy from whatever, from Butler. And, you know, Gordon Hayward, you know, that, you know what? You know, it, it, all that doesn't matter. Everything changed, you know, that night where we all saw that terrible injury. I mean, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. It all changed, oh, so and bad. that's not a disrespect. We love Gordon Hayward. You know, we, it's, nobody is faulting Gordon Hayward at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the fact that he makes the money that he makes is because he was an all-star and of jam-packed, you know what I'm saying, stacked Western Conference, and he deserved that money based on the player that he was. That changed. There's nothing we can do about it. It's one of an infinite, again, I'm going to use the word litany, of things that have happened in Boston Celtics basketball, tragedies that have happened in Boston Celtics basketball that, you know, that we as fans have had to live through. You know, that, that span from all, I'm not going to mention them all, but the span from everything from, you know, players die, you know, that could have been the next Jordan dying before they get on the court to not getting the ping pong balls that would have given us Tim Duncan. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, tragedies in Boston Celtics basketball it's just the ball, you know, pardon the pun, didn't, you know, bounce in our way. And that, and Gordon Hayward is one of them. We don't hold that against Gordon Hayward, but you have to take the situation for what it is. And, yes, the guy can give you 25 points or whatever it was that he gave you last night against the Pistons, but if he's going to drop, you know, virtually what's the, essentially a goose egg against the game that matters because the Pistons game was, like I said, it was a scheduled loss. It's like you just, you just it's, a, it's a trap game. It's one of those games where you're, you're you know, you're resting Jason. And Tatum, so that you can, you know, be ready for the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and everybody. You know, the players that you need to really do well against the Bucks are going to get rested. I mean, maybe Gordon Hayward, you know, blew his load last night and couldn't do it this night. But you know, maybe it's just time. You got to take things for what they are. Get him on the bench, and then you know, if once you have you know something figured out, I don't know. I guess if you put him on the bench, you kind of have to have Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. I don't know, but you know, there, there has to be some. Right now, the bench isn't getting it done, and there has to be some punch off the bench, and maybe Gordon Hayward can be that punch. He's getting paid. You got to pay him to do, you know, basically what's in the best interest of the team. What, what, put him in the situation that's going to be the best for the team, and maybe that's it. Because if you don't do that, then it's, it's a bigger tragedy. Just 
starting him because he makes thirty million dollars a year is a bit, you know, but but having him hurt the team in that capacity is a bigger tragedy than than benching, you know, putting a, you know, making a thirty million dollar a year man a sixth man. You know what I'm saying? He has to do what's best for the team, and I think maybe that's it. Dang, that's hard. That's, you know, Nick Sacento is a hard act to follow, folks. He just spits straight fire, and you have to try to catch up, keep up, and then comment, and it's hard to do. So I'm awesome sorry. opportunity for us to go into a segue for the people that pay the bills to allow us to do these podcasts and broadcasts. That's HelloFresh is our sponsor tonight, so I'll play their little bump. Tonight's episode of the Celtics Post Game Show on CLNS Media is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash CLNS80. And don't forget to enter the promo code CLNS80 at checkout. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit and a sponsor of the CLNS Media Celtics Post Game Show. Oh, that is so silky smooth. Who cut that? Oh, that was me. Um, so HelloFresh is our sponsor tonight. It is probably the best meal kit that you can get on the market right now. You're going to get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. It doesn't matter if you're a single person, you're a small family, a couple, doesn't matter. HelloFresh has a meal plan for you. And if you go right now to HelloFresh.com forward slash CLNS80. You can take $80 off your first month. HelloFresh, it's America's number one meal kit. So, Nick, you just literally dropped, I think, 10 different topics across that 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 monologue. And I don't know where to dig in first. Um, I'm just going to go I was with, just talking about Gordon Haywood. I thought that was just oh, I know. topic. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the 10 so different topics different... related to Gordon Haywood. Yes, it had so many different offshoots, but I'll say this, your overall point of needing him needing to step up, again, I don't know that he's physically capable right now. He's got to mend because you, you see it, I see it. He's slower. He's absolutely slower. And, you know, you just have to figure it out with him. That's, that's the thing. I don't, I don't think he's got that, I'm going to put the team on my back. He'll do it through points, but I don't think he does it through – on court, you know what I mean? Just having that commanding presence. He doesn't come off as that kind of player to me. Ooh, straight dead air. Right. <laughs> I, was I, was, I was waiting for you. Well, I was like, man, I just I talked too much, so I'm just not going to say shit. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> you take that one, Joel. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> <man."> <laughs> We've, we asked the question that Nick didn't know the answer to. Um, <laughs> No, no my, my answer is my answer is six man. He needs to go on. He needs to go on the. He needs to come off the bench until he can, you know, get his his feet his his footing back, so to speak. Pardon the pun again. But I think he could I be think, Nick. I think, I think you're onto something. He's he's been I mean, in that I mean, role before, and off yeah. the bench he can be that spiritual guy. I think. Yeah, 
He can be but, that guy that I persevere, and now you know I I I I, I you know I had a spot in the start. It was going to be this you know this this beautiful thing we had you know the guy that couldn't be mentioned the previous point guard, and they had me, yeah. and we was ready to go, and then and then you know this tragedy happened, and now here I am, and I know that you know I'm I'm getting paid you know super big bucks, but you know I'm taking my role, I'm taking you know the hit. I know that it's a con you know a contract a contract year. I think next year is probably the contract year, whatever. But you know it's a contract year. But I'm doing what's best for the team. I'm sacrificing, you know, uh, you know, I've sacrificed my body. Now I'm sacrificing my, you know, my role and my, my whatever with this team. And I'm coming off the bench so I can be the anchor off the bench. When this team needs a spark off the bench or a playmaker off the bench, because he, he's, when he when he needs to be or when he wants to be, he's a real good passer. He can grab rebounds. He's big and he's strong. He's that guy. He's, you know, if if he's going to dominate second string talent, but he's going to have you know, he's going to be a step slower than, than a lot of first-string you know, uh, uh, talent on competitive teams in the Eastern Conference, which is not a weak conference. Like, a, you know, it's a top-heavy conference, unlike, you know, uh, uh, you know previous years. There's, there's, a, there's, you know, from one to four or one to five, you've got, you know, pretty solid teams. And, uh, you know, maybe that's where he, you know, he, he needs to be. He can be that, you know, kind of spiritual guy. I don't know if he needs to be the spiritual or the vocal leader or the guy, whatever, but off the bench, I think he, he need, like you said, he's been in that position before. I think that's what's best for this team. I don't know who to replace him with, but maybe that's where he belongs. Maybe you can get better stuff out of him. More consistent stuff, I should say, because he can he can give you good stuff. It's just you need to give he needs to give you good stuff in more consistent minutes. And off the bench, he can you know in more consistent uh, output. Maybe off the bench, you know, with with less responsibility, less burden, you know, that he has to to, to shoulder, less burden to, to to make his feet sore. You know, he can do it off the bench. That, that I can't think of anything else. I'm lost at what the Celtics team you know really needs, other than a, a vocal leader to take over when the when the game is in jeopardy and maybe, you know, shoring up the bench with a little shake-up in the rotation or whatever. Well, I mean, if Jalen Brown is going to be out extended time, I mean, you kind of can make that change, too. So that's something to, that's something to think about uh, going forward. Well, that, that'll show us really what Gordon Hayward, I guess, if, if Jalen does miss extended time, whether it's, you know, just out of precaution or because he really does have a, you know, significant injury to his you know, to his uh, thumb, uh, then that's going to show you what, you know, what, what Gordon Hayward, I know Joe mentioned something about showcasing. Maybe it's not showcasing. Maybe it's necessity because I don't think that, you know, you could give more consistent. And I think you'll probably see more. You, you'll get, you'll get what you, what you want. You get your wish, Joe, is that you're probably going to see a little bit more Javante Green, you know, in these games if Jalen Brown is going to be missing some time. But maybe this is the, the, the moment for Gordon Hayward that, you know, he's going to, you know, he, he's going to, he, there's, there's no option. You can't do this experiment of maybe ben, you know having Gordon Hayward as a sixth man right now because if Jalen isn't in the game, then you need Gordon Hayward to you know to to start these games. So this is going to be uh, this this period right now. If, if, if Jalen Brown misses a few games in a row, maybe you know let's say God forbid you know maybe five or ten games in a row, this is w- this is when you're going to see basically the the trial period for for Gordon Hayward and what he's capable of doing on a consistent basis. Is he going to be consistent, or is he going to have a 25-point game followed up by a 1-for-10 7-point game? We're well, going I mean, to find out. I mean, even when he's not scoring, though, he's always affecting the game in other ways. He's, a, he's, a, he's an underrated playmaker, in my, in, my, in my opinion. I mean, you know, he's, 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 the ball doesn't always have to be in Kemba's hands. Gordon Hayward also can, can, can make things happen out there when, 
when he's, you know, having six, seven, eight assists on any given night. So we'll see. We we shall see. No panic button though. No. Just a little No, bit. I think that's <laughs> I think we found the perfect spot, guys, to uh to call this episode. We uh I wanna thank Nick Sacento for calling in. Joel Pavone, as always, my co host for tonight's Celtics CLNS Media post game live. Um, Celtics fall tonight in Milwaukee, 128-123. Not necessarily a great game. A lot that we picked apart over the course of the episode. Um, Always great talking to both of these guys. They they know basketball. They know the game. Um, Nick, I could talk to for hours about everything that's going on in the NBA, anything that's going on in the Celtics. Joel knows his basketball like no one else's business. Um, Joel actually should be caught up on, um, if you have an opportunity, you want a great podcast, check out the Causeway Street podcast. Um, It's one of the best ones you're going to hear. Really done well. Um, Subscribe. Make sure you listen. It's, It's great. Um, so again, I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. We do have one more sponsor read tonight. Um, apparently Bobby was sending me text messages, but it was coming from his email account. So it went in my unknown senders. Um, but he was telling me that we have a very important read tonight and it's for betonline.ag. It's conference championship time and you can follow all the lines at betonline. An early game Sunday features Cinderella Tennessee Titans on the road at KC, a touchdown favorite with a total in the low 50s. On Sunday evening, Green Bay heads to San Francisco as a touchdown dog with a total in the mid 40s. Who will reign supreme and host the conference championship hardware? Before the next kickoff, head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code CLNS. 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bring the playoffs home with our exclusive sports book partner, betonline.ag. Guys, check it out. Go in there. It's an awesome opportunity to, to take a look at the lines, place a wager. Um, we have a great promo running on it. Again, make sure to put in CLNS 50 and get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Check them out. Well, for Nick Sacento, Joel Pavone, the Causeway Street Podcast, my little podcast called Brain Droppings, um, which you can catch on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Or if you have an Alexa-enabled device, just say Alexa, play Brain Droppings Podcast on TuneIn to get the latest episode. I try to drop them. Every now and then when I have some good things happening, I'm into season two now, so check that out. I'm Joe Shoket. This is the CLNS Media Celtics Post Game Live. Thank you all for listening tonight. Who the heck are you? What are you talking about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, of course I am. <laughs> you're Santa... What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? 
And uh, what can I oh, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? No, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're going to have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.